We're on to part three of our podcast series dedicated to International Women's Day. And today we interview Vicki Shelton, the manager of the Department of Engineering Services Geelong, and hear her story, amongst all our other things. So welcome. Welcome to Harvest Recruitment's Seeds for Success show, where successful managers and experts share their insights to help you recruit and retain the right people in your organisation. Now here's your host, Marie Harris. As we go into today's podcast, I'd like you to just have a think about the race that we know. It's a very famous race. It's the hare and the tortoise, where you've got the hare that is full of bravado, confidence, and knows that he's absolutely faster um, than the tortoise and totally confident that he's going to win the race. And then you've got the tortoise, who's your steady as she goes, um, one foot after the other, and um, plods away to get to the finish line. And the race starts and the hare bounds forward and is racing leaps and bounds ahead of the tortoise, so much so that he gets a bit cocky and he thinks, oh, I think I'll take a rest now. And uh, so the tortoise who doesn't rest, who just continues on and on and on, passes the hare and gets to the finish line. I also am reminded of um, Cliff Young, remember the farmer of the 80s who did the um, Melbourne to Sydney Marathon and he was a farmer and his training was just running in the paddocks um, of his farm. He was competing against elite athletes, people who train for marathons again and again and he set out. And the thing with Cliff Young, he didn't stop. He didn't rest. He just kept plodding along. And that became a famous, world famous win in the Sydney, sorry, the Melbourne to Sydney Marathon. So as we go into today's um, session with Vicky, I'm not saying she's a tortoise or she's Cliff Young, but she's someone that's committed over a long period in her career to her role, to her company, and to the discipline that is engineering. And we see a lot of the very confident um, engineers that, that gain positions and they are here one day, gone the next, and they're always on to the next bright, shiny thing. And it is actually a trait of engineering because engineering is quite a mobile occupation and you see people going on to the next big project and then from there it's like, well, what's the next one? And um, sometimes it's a high-risk environment because when the market dips, then those engineers sometimes are the first to be released. Vicky, however, is different. She's over 20 years with one company and she's got the accolades to show for it. So just have a think about that as we go into the podcast today. My name's Marie Herreth and I'm Director of Harvest Recruitment and Harvest Human Resources. And our Seeds for Success podcast show has been specifically designed to help managers attract, select and retain the right talent in their organisation. Now, we're taking a little bit of a step to the left with the um, podcasts of recent times, launching a three-part series dedicated to International Women's Day. 
and we're up to part three. So we're really looking at women leaders in our society and particularly in my current location, Geelong. And I've just handpicked a few people that have impressed and inspired me. And I, and I look at them and I look at their achievements in awe. And I want to find out a little bit more and potentially people out there in the audience also want to find out a little bit more about these people. So today we will be talking to a woman leader, Vicky Shelton, Manager of Department of Engineering Services for the Geelong Council. And she can actually weave in a lot of um, HR and recruitment themes as well because she's got a large team around her, 70-odd engineers and technical staff. That's that's not to be um, sneezed at. And so she actually does talk about having the, the right team around her and what traits she looks for when she is recruiting her engineers. We've also got the listener question today, which is around the theme of how do I source candidates in a skills shortage arena. And a lot of companies, not just engineering, but who have specialist talent, they don't get the attraction rates uh, when they put those jobs on SEEK and other job boards. So how do they attract talent? So I've given three tips from the recruitment industry that we use um, to attract talent for our roles that we are recruiting. We're also going to be covering what's happening in our forum and our events for March. So if this is the first podcast you're picking up as part of the podcast series, I would uh, welcome you to listen to podcast part one and podcast part two. Part one, we interviewed Rebecca Casson, CEO of Committee for Geelong. Part two, we interviewed Stephanie Asher, who is a management consultant, but also quite high in the political arena as well. So she's been a player in federal and soon to be state politics. And so pick up those previous podcasts as well. And it's around uh, what women have done, uh, what these women leaders have have done to be successful, and also we've gone to the theme of International Women's Day, which is inspiring change, and we talk about how these women have inspired change, either within their organisations, with their peer group, or in you know just the way they carry themselves as leaders, and what change they're inspiring in others by being that leader in their field. So I welcome you to continue listening and, um, yeah, pick up the, the gems that we've got in store for you today. Today I've picked up a listener question which is based on queries that our clients have, um, particularly those clients in the technical arena, which is how and what options and channels do I have to source candidates in skills shortage arenas. There are a number of skills that are in demand in different industries across Australia. Engineering is one, and we're talking with Vicki Shelton later in the show, uh, and so she's got her take on recruiting engineers for her team. But there's a whole host of other industries which have... Um, skill shortages. We see it in legal. We see it in IT. We see it in accounting, particularly public practice, where these people are just not around. Uh, and 
higher level management where we're looking for decision makers to come in, um, game changers within certain organisations that are restructuring. Again, where do we find these people? So I just want to offer um, some tips on other means by which you can gain your people. So first of all, we've got our traditional means, which today is more often than not the job boards. That's traditional. Putting an ad up on Seek or My Career or Career One is stock standard in today's market. However, those people who are in that discipline area hard to find don't quite often reply or respond to advertisements and so we have to go and find them and how do we do that in this day and age so our primary strategies by which to gain people now is to use our networks Uh, we are in a technology driven world where connections that were probably unattainable previously are now within reach And there's a whole host of tools by which to access these people. We can start with mapping out the industry and the companies within that industry and the people who fit with those companies and start networking with them. It's a, it's an easy, um, reach out, um, that an organization can do to increase their network and they may not be approaching or as we say headhunting that direct individual but it's expanding their network by asking the simple question who do you know and that research project is usually around going onto company websites looking at the about us page or the contact page and just starting to map out key contacts or putting the call in and asking who is that person that holds that role. Again, it's not going to be a direct approach, but it's just saying we have a need. Do you know anyone in your network who could fill the brief? Now, best case, the person that you've identified might actually be looking to move and then it kind of is a headhunt call or an approach call, but it was not never the intention in the first place. The second way to get these people in the rare to fill categories is by going on to associations. So industry associations where we've got lots of different members that we can be talking to and it can actually go out in industry literature that you're looking for a certain skill set to join your organisation. Or if you're well networked and you're on the committees or on the boards, then you do have direct access to people of a similar ilk. And again, it's asking them, do you know of anyone who could come onto our team? And the third, which is by far the site and the media that's getting the most traffic in specialist areas is LinkedIn. So it's the social network for professionals and you can link in directly or connect directly with a LinkedIn member You can do a search based on company and look at the people who are working for that company and, again, approach and connect those um, LinkedIn members. Or you can go on to groups, which are two-way dialogue, and often they are established around a discipline, a software, or another technical skill, or it could be a project uh, that groups come together for. And so you can go into those groups and actually have it as part of the discussion in those groups. So 
It's a big question to answer and there's a variety of different ways and it's, and it's different approaches for different roles. But if we're talking about that select specialist arena, there's three avenues that you can embark on to build your community, build your audience, and then approach that audience to find the people who potentially are not actively applying for roles. I'd just like to remind listeners of where you can get hold of Harvest Recruitment and Harvest Human Resources, or if you'd like to have a two-way dialogue. Now, we're sending quite a lot of messages out to the people in our network, but we'd love to hear back from you as well. And the three ways that you can do that is either on our Facebook fan page, so you'll find us as Harvest Recruitment on Facebook, and we've got a fan page there, which we quite often put posts of what's happening, uh, different topics as well, our blogs um, that are released, and we put questions and general inspiring thought. Would love to have your feedback and uh, information coming from you as to your thoughts. Also, we are on LinkedIn as a group and you can find us as Harvest HR. Again, the groups page is your dialogue page. So you can go to Harvest Recruitment and Harvest HR as a company, but you can't communicate back to us there. So we'd rather you go on to Harvest HR group and have a chat with us. Finally, you can find us on our website as well. So there's a whole host of information on our website, but if you do wish to get in contact, you can go to the contact page of our website and drop us a line. And again, we'd love to hear your thoughts, comments, questions, or feedback that you have from the show. I'd like to call March Mad March, particularly with regards to the number of events that Harvest Recruitment and Harvest Human Resources and me personally, and also the team are involved in this month. Firstly, we'll be having a book launch on Friday the 14th of March at Four Points by Sheraton from 5.30 to 7pm. I wrote a book, something different, and the book is called Body Snatchers, Unlocking the Secrets of the Recruitment Industry. It's designed to help managers do it themselves and do it better themselves, but also companies that are bringing on recruitment teams. It can be used as a training tool for them as well. So that's coming up. Then we go into the following week and on Tuesday, the 18th of March, we'll be at the Small Business Buffet, which is run by Small Business Smart Business, and that's at the Geelong Convention Centre. And I'd encourage you to go on to Geelong Small Business or Geelong Chamber of Commerce and Small Business Smart Business website to book a ticket to that event. And it's all day and we'll be holding a um, segment around the three essential tools to have in your recruitment kit bag. And that will be in the early afternoon that we'll be presenting. On the 19th and 20th, I'm going to be working with Diversitat turning my skills in recruitment to the job seeker audience and they are running an interviewing techniques and resume writing two-day training session and I'll be presenting at Diversitat for those two days. My consultant, Letitia Hotez, is going to be at Deakin University helping with international students gain career paths and she'll be there on the 20th of March as well. 
And then we go into the last week of March, and I'm sure you'll see us hovering around the Engineers Australia Careers Expo. Uh, we don't have a stand this year. We we did get flooded last year and the year before, and we'll just be hovering, I think, this time. Uh, and that's the 25th of March from memory. We will be holding our monthly breakfast briefing on the 27th of March, and that's about sourcing candidates today. So, so we've, we're touching on it um, and we have touched on it in the listener question, but looking at all the tools available to managers to source candidates and we'll be honing in on specific disciplines and industries according to the people that will be present on the day. That's the 27th of March at Winter's Cafe on Packington Street in Newtown. That will be followed by a webinar as well. So the webinar normally comes the day after, the 28th of March, so we'll record the information. So if you cannot make it physically to the breakfast, then you'll still be able to get the tidbits um, from the webinar. Hope to see you at one of the events uh, that we're holding this month. Just introducing some feedback that we've gained from one of our clients, in fact, and it was so sweet. Now, this is a company, it's a small company, so they don't have the need for recruitment services significantly. We were referred to them by Vecchi, and Vecchi, um, when they are asked who can help us with recruitment, they are not um, allowed to be biased. So we were presented as part of a group of companies who could assist this company recruit staff and we were introduced to them probably two and a half years ago and we helped them with a difficult assignment. It was a marketing role in a niche industry and we placed that one and um, we've just kept the dialogue going and as I said, because it's a small company, we don't need to do a lot and they don't expect us to do a lot for them. And, um, yeah, so we, we just stay in contact and, as I said, keep keep the discussion channels open. The client came to a breakfast that I ran last month and that was staffing for growth. And I always give the room the chance to just talk about why they're here. And it was really sweet because, you know, we'll, you're know, talking about staffing for growth and, that was really why people were there. They wanted to get some tools or tips on how and what they need to do as they're starting to grow their business. And this client, love him, he said, I'm just here because I respect Marie a lot and I respect what she has to say and I just want to listen to what she has to say today. And I thought that was really sweet. And he's also been a fantastic mentor for me because where I lack, he is strong. He's got a fantastic financial heritage. So has been a financial controller of quite big and recognized companies in our region. And when I was looking to grow my business, I know the people side, but not so not so um, strong on you know the ins and outs of financials. And he gave me some tips that has helped me be a better business owner as a result. So I guess it's quid pro quo, you know, there's a mutual respect there. And it was just really, it was really nice to hear. And I was like, oh, now I've got to get on with my breakfast after that beautiful compliment, but we did fine. And it was, yeah, it was lovely. Today, I'm pleased to introduce Vicky Shelton, Manager for the Department of Engineering Services for the City of Greater Geelong. I'm a bit of a fan of Vicky. Um, I 
think of the three women that I've um, interviewed as part of the three-part series, Vicky stands out for the fact that she is a woman in a very traditional man's world um, and she's delivered, she's progressed, she's succeeded, she's put a hand up and she's been given opportunity as a result. And so I can't wait to share our interview with you. So please welcome Vicky Shelton. Now I'm here with Vicky Shelton. Vicky is the manager of the Department of Engineering Services here in City of Greater Geelong. I met Vicky, oh, I think it's about two years ago, Vicky, um, when uh, Engineers Australia hosted regional engineering on show and Geelong was the region on show and I came to see all things engineering and I met Vicky who was one of the key organisers <laughs> and I played golf with her which was fun as well. So welcome Vicky. Welcome, Marie. Yes, I'd forgotten all about that. <laughs> you're, a, you're a bit of a keen golfer. I was the amateur um, and there was a lot of competitive engineers on the course that day. There was, yes. <laughs> and um, uh, we didn't quite win. We had to let the chairman yeah. the board, board win. So That's he won right. by a shot. So. You have to step back yeah. for the right reasons. So I have just watched, um, Vicky, your, your journey since I've known you. And at that stage, you were the acting manager for the Department of Engineering Services, I believe. Yes. And I was going, oh, look, this, this woman's um, up to something in, in the engineering space. And I always love to see women really pursue those traditionally male disciplines and pursue them and do them extremely well. So perhaps you can share, given we're coming up to International Women's Day, your journey so far. All right. So, well, I'm now the officially the manager um, of engineering services at the city. I've got um, 75 engineering technical staff and engineers that I manage. But um, it's quite 20, a team. Yeah, so I guess 27 years in local government. I was one of those once, a graduate engineer, straight out of uni, straight into the construction engineering role, uh, be out on site with the contractors and our outdoor staff, supervising works, getting my feet dirty. Mm-hmm. And then in the office, um, looking after contracts and, you know, obviously um, customer service and and, and just for all the notice. graduate engineers out there, was that on a graduate program or no. did you just see the ad and apply for it? No, I actually did um, the three months work experience between second and third year. Okay, the intern. The intern yep. at um, South Barwon City Council. Yep. And then the following year I managed to get three months at City of Geelong, so a smaller council. And whilst I was still almost at the last final year exams, I had an interview at Geelong and I got the job. Beautiful. So I also had one at Swan Hill and um, Vanilla, but um, obviously I wanted to be local, and luckily enough, I got that role. Yeah, which got was the great. opportunity. Mm. So you've you're you're going against the modern day trend, which is everyone has a job for two years here, three years there, particularly engineering, which is such a mobile discipline to to work in. To actually be grounded and stay with one organisation is just a rarity. Mm. Um, so how do you feel about that? You know, yeah, is it, well, I'd say it's over 20 years, not that I want to yeah, well, you know, give is. away any ages at all. Um, I think it's always the way I was brought up is, you know, go to school, go to uni, get a job, and it's wherever you are is where you are and that's what you're contributing to. And I guess coming from a rural background, rural community, you're a bit resilient and practical. So going to local government, I guess, made sense. And even though it's been, you know, the number of years I've been there, every four or five years a new opportunities come up and I've taken it. So whether I've just rolled and it's happened, but I think 
I like to think it's because I've actually, you know, made the effort and shown that I can do the do the job. Yeah. And and by doing so you get the opportunity as well. So yes. and, and putting your hand up, I think. A lot of people will see the opportunity and, and not necessarily put their hand up. So you must have put your foot forward and said, I'd like the opportunity and whether they said yes or no, entirely up to management, but at least putting your hand up for that. Yes, that's right. So mm. I had a number of opportunities, say for acting roles where um, in our coordinator at infrastructure management at the time it was called, we went off stream to look after our new three-bin waste management system, introducing that to the city. So I had I stepped in and then looked after that team of 10 engineers. And I think that gave me the good grounding to say, oh, here's Vicky, she can do this. And when other things came along, then that's what happened. I took that jump, which was, which was really, really yeah, good. kept growing. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about the proving ground. Where do you feel in your career or even outside um, that you, there was a proving ground for you? Um, well, in high school, I guess, you know, it's a long time ago, but you were sort of the only female doing math, science, physics, chem pro- projects, mm-hmm. study, and it just seemed normal. Mm-hmm. And when we went to uni, it was two girls. I'll, I'll take a step back guys. there. Yeah. Um, so you're in approximately year 10 yes, so um, when you have to choose your subjects. Yes. So and everyone else teacher. is choosing humanities and accounting and those sorts of things, uh, bookkeeping, but you had this desire to, to continue to pursue maths and math science. Hmm. How did that come about? Well, I still did accounting and I did art because <laughs> I really liked that. So yeah. I thought I guess that was po- probably the side towards graphics or potentially architecture. Yes. But then I thought that was all too hard and that the engineering seemed more practical and that's where I fell into it. Careers teacher suggested it. I had no idea what it was. And then I realised I've got two cousins who are both engineers in local government Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, maybe it's something um, genetic or in the family. (laughs) Okay. So so back in in high school, um, the only only girl doing the maths and science subjects? Okay. Yeah. So you started there to were, form a league um, of your own others, then. But they were doing biology and the languages, so they became, you know, went into the science yep. science stream, mm-hmm. whereas I was engineering. Yeah. And when it came time to choose your university studies, was engineering the natural so engineering, selection? Yeah, engineering was one and then architecture was the second. So that was at Deakin mm-hmm. and engineering was Ballarat. So I guess it was based on locality because, you know, I live local, so it was... No, I don't really want to go up to Melbourne. What was there available? So mm-hmm. that sort of put me in that direction, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you know that at the early days, because there's so many disciplines of engineers, so it's one thing to do your maths and mechanically based subjects, mm-hmm. you know, your physics and so forth, but just to go, and now I'm going to study civil engineering. Yeah, I think be- it was always civil. Always civil? Yeah, because even though first year you do everything, um, civil was always going to be the stream because that's what um, interested me and that was what, the practical side of it, you know, you're outdoors, you're not always in the office and it's not little widgets flying around and electricity. It's um, something you can actually see and feel and yep. you're doing stuff that um, or building works that are there for the community. Yes. Yeah. And how about at university? So a woman in university now um, probably, I'm not going to, we're probably in the 80s. Yes, sometime. late 80s. Yeah. Um, and how many females were in the civil engineering course? Well, there was two female engineers started the four-year degree and the other female engineer was electrical engineering okay so out of two out of 70 in all of the disciplines of engineering so therefore the second year onwards I was one and 20 so 
So you've been been with the boys for a number of years and just mixing it with mm. with the, the 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 sort of um, more technically inclined yeah and and it was back in the day a lot of men were just doing yeah. it and no females. Mm. Anything else on the proving ground? Um, I don't think so. Um, as I said, you know, it's about getting getting out there and getting your feet feet wet or dirty mm-hmm. and getting in seeing what's happening on the on site because I was there talking to the contractors, talking to the outdoor staff and actually learning from them, you know, how they do it and how we could do it better. Very so good. learn something new every day. Yeah. Mm. And what were some of the pivotal moments for you, pivotal moments or pivotal decisions that you reflecting back? Because I think when you make them at the time, you don't realise it's pivotal until in hindsight you know that you know, I was perhaps at a crossroad and I made that decision or I put my hand up then. Um, what would you reflect as some of those pivotal moments? Yeah, I think um, whilst I was, when I first started as a graduate, I actually did um, some study. So I did my postgraduate in municipal engineering, which actually gave me better grounding. What I learned there was what I was doing every day. So mm-hmm. that was a good choice. Mm. And then we had amalgamation of all the municipalities, so seven, you know, five into one in Geelong, and I lost my job because I was from the smaller council, yep. wasn't well known, um, and it's like, okay, I'll turn up to work, I'll go to the depot, I'll organise the staff, still do what I'm doing, and eventually, you know, a few weeks later, you know, they did re- redeployment and um, and I thought, right, well, how do I um, make myself known or aware so that's where i joined the local government engineers association engineers australia women in engineering group that networking opportunities and was that between your employment that you would join those or while you were still well, employed, also employed. Yeah. so i was always a yeah. member of engineers australia mm. but it was more getting involved in the local network yeah. you know you sort of when you're young you don't do that type of thing you just you know you're there with the team and but, and that's um, your world. You need, yeah, you need to look broader mm. than your own immediate um, workplace. Mm. And it's not just what you do outside socially or with sport. It's actually what you can do in your industry yeah. and actually seeing other people, talking to other people and finding out what they do. Mm. And how has it helped you having those connections? So the opportunities that have come from those network connections is that I um, submitted an application for an overseas study tour. Um, to over to the UK and USA and Europe Fantastic. and received and received that, received that study tour and went to New Orleans and Washington and Denmark, Sweden with four other engineers from municipalities of Victoria and, you know, we wrote some notes on the way back and yep. um, got to meet them and then their organisations. And as part of that, um, that was for the Public Works Engineers Association over in America. And obviously we have one here in Victoria and I was nominated to be on the board. And luckily enough, I was appointed to the board, which was you know, a bit of an acknowledgement of what I had done in my role. So when... On the board, and then in um, October 2011, I was nominated as vice president of the IPWEA, and then in October 2012, I became president. So I'm so IPWA, so the Institute of Public Works Engineers Australasia mm-hmm. now. Yep. And so I'm now currently all immediate past president. So for the last 12 months, I've been a bit flat out with um, presidential duties and new manager role and yeah and and just tell it tell the audience what does what does the ipe sorry ip wea wea so institute of public works engineers australia yes what is 
their role as part of a sub-branch of Engineers Australia? Well, it's actually a technical society, mm-hmm. you could say, of Engineers Australia, but it represents public works engineers in, in Australia. So it can be mostly local government engineers, but it's all engineers doing public works or delivering public works, mm-hmm. um, educating, connect, leading. Mm-hmm. So we provide that networking opportunities, um, education, leadership programs, um, site visits, dinners, luncheons, and we also have an annual conference which we organise. Fantastic. Yeah. Has being a woman in your sector, we've already found that you're one or one of a few of a kind, um, has it worked for you? Have you reflected on being a woman in a man's world? I think, yeah, that's always a question you get asked and you think, well, it's just what I do and it just seems normal that it's not anything different. I guess what's different is if you turn up at a meeting, everyone's in suits and you're in something bright, you know, bright pink cardigan or something, you think, <laughs> oh, where do I fit here? And But I haven't been asked to go make the coffee, so that's good. That's a good thing. So that's a good or, or thing. Or think that you're the minute taker. Or, or think that you're the minute taker. That's right. Um, so you don't see it. And I think... When you've got the qualifications and capability as all of your peers and you're talking with authority, they know that you're a peer and Mm. they treat you as a peer regardless of your sex. And that's right. That's what you've got to have that presence Mm. in the room. So if you are there, you know, you're going, you know, you've got your name tag, you say hello, you you know, introduce Mm. yourself. And it's about that. It's not always natural Mm. for women to do that, put yourself forward. So it's about doing that and, you know, making those connections. And... How has the engineering disciplines changed over the years? So I, I would say women in engineering is much more um, you know, attended, I guess, in, in universities and, and subscribed to, but it's still a minority, um, but not so much. What are, what are your experiences just looking at the trends over the years? Yeah, well, rather than going from the traditional, you know, civil, electrical, mechanical, it's now, you know, went to, there was a lot of environmental engineers but the chemical ones are all in the different industries now so there's more of that um not social engineering but that area Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is double degrees so they're doing engineering and commerce or engineering and law so there's that dual um exposure that people have Mm -hmm. that you know it gives them better job and career opportunities Mm -hmm. because i find what i do now there's a lot of legal stuff because we deal with acts and the law and we're obviously doing environmental issues because we've got environmental management plans and things and um, permits and all sorts of things we have to manage so you have to be very diverse you can't be a specific stream yeah. so they might say civil mm. but it's not structural civil this is and municipal you're civil. Yeah. yeah you're actually it's doing a very a broad diverse so the courses themselves have changed so the uptake by women has that changed as well like when you were doing it it was probably sitting at around five percent yeah. Of of the enrolments were women. Mm. I don't know the numbers now. I'd say it's somewhere between twenty and forty percent. Yeah, it's not depending high. on the discipline. Yeah, it's not high. Still it's less still, than twenty. Yeah, I believe it's still okay. less than twenty. Oh. Yeah, come on, women. Let's get the the I mean, technical women out there doing your engineering degrees. Mm, mm. <laughs> but Deakin now has its civil course, and yeah. um, they've got a few women there. Yeah, and. Um, we at the city actually look at um, we put on graduates from there just for the work experience programs yeah. and they're great you know yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're just so much more you know when we thought oh, when we were a graduate well, we like that they're yeah. just so much more experienced or a bit more worldly I think because yes. now you all have to have a job before you even start or know, maybe maybe yeah. we just felt we were so naive when I don't know I don't know <laughs> um, 
Now, because I work in HR and recruitment, I always ask something um, around the HR piece. What has it meant to have the right team around you? So what has it meant to you in your roles as, as you've moved into management, having the right people? Yeah, surrounding well, you. That's right. Because um, I was acting for a few months. So my manager, you know, he finished before Christmas and then I was acting. So he was, you know, a great mentor and support to me. And one of the coordinators left at the same time. So I had to recruit a new coordinator. So this was someone to join my team that I had chosen myself, mm-hmm. as well as three other coordinators that were still there, who I had worked with for a fair time. And it was about learning to delegate and trust them and their staff to continue delivering the projects mm. and the coordinator, the person that took my role, not, you know, overstepping that task, you know, letting mm. go and, mm. you know, oh, I used to do it that way, that's how it should be done. And it's like, no, they can give them the challenge and let them move forward. Yeah. So it's about, Was that easy for you to let go? Well, so it took about that, you did that three months acting and then took probably another two to three months to say, right, and now it's, okay, off you go, go and do that, that's not me, you yeah. know, delegate. Yeah, because mm. you couldn't physically do the two jobs well, you anyway. Can't. Yeah, so it's more about that's what it was you know the seventy thirty manage and um, look after your staff and mm. you know encourage them to challenge and develop themselves. Mm. So that's what you spend most of your time. You know, it's still nice to be able to do a little bit of hands on and manage some projects, mm. of course, and obviously still you know deal with the community. But it's about yeah, I would say that'd be a very marginal part of your role now if you've got seventy direct reports. Yeah, so you could say four or five directors yeah, and they've got the their own in, teams. In direct, but, yep. um, but you're still, you know, the door's open and yep. come in, and which is great. So, oh, good. And now that you've been in the role for some time, you would probably have recruited more of your, your team. So are they getting a bit of a Vicky Shelton blueprint on them when you when you employ? Is there, is there something that you, you look for in your staff that will make them work very well in the team and in your team specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about having that broader view of the community and their role within council. So, you know, you're not just in that pocket and that's what you do. What you do is across the council. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got input into other areas and if someone asks the question and another department doesn't know, well, we'll be the one to do it. So we're the go-to, mm. you could say, department yeah. because yeah. that's what I feel our role is. So people you know. can't be pigeonholed mm. and inflexible, I guess, in terms of what they're doing. Yeah, that's mm. right. And mm. we've recently had an enormous number of secondments across the team because there's been some um, vacancies uh, in our construction unit area at our depot. So we've people have gone across there and had the opportunity to do some more training and improvement. So that's allowed to step up by some of the younger engineers into higher-level roles and mm. let them perform, which has been great. Yeah. Now, before we go on to my last question, I one of the – and I'm just going to throw this at you spontaneously, Vicky um, – the theme for this year's International Women's Day is inspiring change. You've been a bit of a trailblazer, one being a woman in, in a very technical engineering course, the civil discipline. Um, how do you see, like looking at those around you, do you see that there's people that you've inspired by just you doing what you're doing, which, as you said, I'm just doing my job, I'm not doing anything special, but has there been any people that you've been connected with either as part of the association or other um, institutes that, that has, have sort of seen you as a bit of a role model? Like if Vicky can do it, maybe I can do it too. Yeah, there's some there's staff within the city 
that have asked me to be their mentor or, you know, talk to them. So that might, in our community services area, mm-hmm. one of the... Um, okay. Yeah. So not even in the no. engineering side. Yeah, one yeah. of the um, yeah, officers in that area who, who sort of looks after community groups or managers community facility buildings and just to give her that support to say, well, you know, if I if she's doing some management courses and how can she become a coordinator and move up. Yeah. So that's been, you know, really nice. Yes. And I've got a well, senior engineer, senior team leader, Amy, who um, she came in as a graduate. Yeah. And we did have a graduate program at the time and went, you know, the different areas within our department and she's now a senior traffic engineer and, you know, try and um, guide and her. Yeah. And I think that's, she said, you know, that's given her inspiration to go yeah. for jobs that come up. Yeah. Fantastic. And what are some of the, the current projects or passions that you're working on at the moment, Vicky? You, you, as you said, you've just um, done your piece of president of the IPWEA. What's next? Oh, well, that was a bit of a, a relief to Is let it a go, relax? I think. It's a bit more relaxed. It's like there's a few less meetings I have to be in Melbourne for, but that's fine. Um, well, I guess personally, completing my garden landscaping because I've been in my home for two, new, new house for two years. Yes, so I did all the retaining walls and paving myself, but yeah. decking's I think a bit beyond me. So, and you can't tap I, into your, your yeah the network. <laughs> that's right. That's what that's all about. Um, and I think next year, um, maybe a challenge: go to Antarctica or do some okay. type of yep. extreme Big adventure. travel adventure rather than just you know the normal. Yep. So it's not all work. No, not all work. <laughs> can't be all work. No, no. And she's a mean golfer. I, I, I do try. believe me. <laughs> I'll try. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. And if you're a woman out there and if you like maths, particularly the engineering maths, give it a go. Engineering's not that bad. It's it's actually a very good career, as Vicky is testament to. Thanks, Maria. If you're in the engineering space, I am sure you would have got a lot out of that interview. Vicky explained some pivotal points in her life where she progressed and chose the engineering subjects back in high school, um, as well as, you know, she did arts and she did humanities and accounting, but she was drawn to the practical application of the mathematics subjects early. Again, a choice that is made in your teens. So she was already at that stage knowing self-aware enough to know what she enjoyed and with direction from those around her pursued a pathway which landed her in something that she still enjoys today. Some attributes of Vicky's really stand out for me. She continued to make the effort. She continues to show she can do the job. She puts her foot forward. She takes jumps she nominates herself for opportunities, which you know, people might go, look, I don't think I can do it. And she just goes, I'm prepared to give it a go and I'm prepared to commit to it. And it's those opportunities, not just in her work life, but in her uh, associations that she's been involved in. And throughout the interview, and I do apologise, Vicky, and to Engineers Australia for getting IPWEA wrong continually throughout the in- interview. So it's the Institute of Public Works Engineers, Australasia. So we'll get that right once and for all. But her 
nomination to be involved with that. And with that came opportunity again, going on the overseas study tour and then nominating again to go on the board and gaining presidency of the IPWEA. When we asked her about being a woman in her field and she goes, I just, it's just what I do and it seems normal and that's exactly what we want as women. We want to just be able to do what we love and do what we're passionate about and not have judgment around us. And I think because Vicky is so passionate, she actually doesn't see any judgment. She just performs and continues to perform well in her role. I also was um, intrigued because, again, we're about inspiring change as part of International Women's Day. And she's got these people who look up to her now, 20 years on, seeing her become the manager of a department within a council structure that employs 2,000 staff. And she's getting up there in the echelons and people are seeking her out to be their mentor. People in different divisions of council are seeking her out and go, I just want to take a leaf out of your book and, and show me, show me the way. And, and the other elements were the fact that she, she contributes to a lot of things outside of what she needs to. A lot of people could just do a job and go up the corporate ladder, but she's been committed to the engineering body over a number of years. That's increased her networks, increased her learning, but also increased the opportunity. And I just was really impressed with her take on life as well. She's definitely learnt to delegate as she's gone up the chain in her in command. She has now let go and trusts the team around her. She's been instrumental in picking the team around her and she wants people who have the broader view of the community and the role that they play in council and how it impacts the community. And aside from all of the work and the associations, these other pursuits, you know, I know she's a mean golfer, but, you know, I'm going to do an Antarctica trip next year. Uh, that's that's different and exciting. So uh, I, I got a lot from that interview and I hope you did too. In our next show, we welcome Peter Sarah, who is Managing Director of Select Group. It started as Select Architects. It's a company that's four years old and has grown significantly. I think he's got over 30 employees now in the architectural planning space. And it's one of those industries that has been hit a little bit over the recent years, just because construction's been down. It has a flow on effect. However, Peter's grown despite the odds of the industry and we have a fantastic interview with him coming up in our next episode and he talks about how important it is to get values alignment and getting the right people early. So he shares some of his uh, journey and yeah, he the signs are fantastic for his company so we look forward to having him join us in our next show. So if you're a manager that is in that potentially skill shortage arena and you're trying to uh, find staff and you're finding it tough, that's where we shine. Um, we're getting calls on a constant basis now of 
um, providing assistance to companies where they cannot find staff themselves. So we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on our website, www.harvesthr.com.au. You can call us on 1300 363 128 or you can email us at info at harvesthr.com.au. We're up for the challenge. So whatever the challenging role you have, We'd love to be of assistance. Thank you and we'll see you soon. You have been listening to Harvest Recruitment's Seeds for Success show with Marie Harris. Want to cultivate your employment prowess? Then visit harvesthr.com.au.